All right, Black Box Radio, we're in the Rona Report. We have Derek Chase, D. Chase. Say hi to the people, bro. Peace, people, how you doing? <laughs> Listen, tell the folk, well, if you're from Baltimore, you know about D. Chase, but uh, tell the folks what you do in the community, bro. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, some people are born to be rich. Uh, some people are born to be educators. Um, you know, I'm born to be a transformation agent and, uh, our secret sauce is just to find a genius in other people and then, uh, connect genius with genius Ooh. systems, uh, form structures, and then attack, uh, attack problems from a collective standpoint. And that's, uh, throughout the, uh, the, the entire nine areas of people activity from health, uh, to wealth, uh, and everything in between. So uh, we like to uh, call ourselves community activists, uh, but more importantly, we're transformation agents. And that takes um, different forms because if you're serious about transforming anything uh, like a great game of chess, uh, you have to know how to maneuver. So we make a lot of different maneuvers, some traditional, some untraditional, but all with the same goal in mind, which is to raise the vibration and the conscious level uh, of the community, and then organize us around our talents to build systems so that we can become productive uh, in a lot of facets, in particular economically, uh, socially, um, just loving ourselves as a community. Ooh, so that's transformation agent. Like that. Like that. Now, you said an activist, but a transformation agent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Activist is kind of like. Um, you know, everybody, you can, you, if you're an activist, you can come and go. Mm. Today and not active tomorrow. But when you're a transformation agent, it goes beyond uh, activity. It goes into the fiber of who you are uh, and why you're actually uh, on the planet. So I like to believe that that's the space I operate out of, uh, divine transformation. Wow. So let me ask a question about that because it's just, that's a lot. You said... What you said was amazing, but um, how does that play out in the community, per se, when it comes to it? And, and I'm sure this is with the African-American community. Um, how does that um, play out in our community, you tra- the transformation agent that you, agency that you are bringing to the table? Okay, so the first thing that people need uh, when they plan to change anything is they need space. They need a place to actually come together. So have uh, what we call the stand-up Baltimore machine slash the garage, which is a 7,000-square-foot facility that sits in Station North, where varying community organizations can come in, they can meet, they can utilize the space, uh, they can create productions, um, we make it extremely accessible to them. Uh, in some cases, um, you know, we work within the budget that they have. Um, and then the other part of transformation is celebrating victories. So that same space acts as a space to celebrate um, the victories, both large and small, that we have. Uh, mm-hmm. And foremost, it's the brain center for Stand Up Baltimore. So we have over uh, 200 community partners. So we utilize this space to bring varying partners together uh, on a regular basis in particular. Uh, every Wednesday before uh, we had this outbreak, uh, of course, uh, from 6 to 830 we're there organizing um, in both small and large circles where we take, uh, again, the genius of 
individuals' minds, bring them into uh, small and large groups, and then we organize around specific causes. I'll give an example. Um, in May of last year, Memorial Day weekend, uh, you had 10 young people that were arrested at the Inner Harbor. So at that moment, we sprung into action, and what we recognized is that the children were just being children. And the truth of the matter is, is that there was no structured activity that welcomed them to the harbor. So we built a coalition of about 45 different organizations. Uh, we created something that was called Be More Alive. It's called Be More Alive 19, uh, where we actually structured activities for all major events that happened down the harbor. Uh, so we worked in partnership with the city, the police department, community organizations, grassroots organizations, created a strategy where um, anywhere that young people were down there uh, near the harbor downtown, there was somebody to greet them. Uh, we had a campaign that was called Just Chill. So we, had, we gave away uh, tons and tons of ice cream. But more importantly than giving the ice cream, we gave them a warm hand, a warm heart, and a message of Just Chill. We here for you. Don't wild out. All right, we did a, um, a silent party. Uh, we had ice cream carts all around the uh, the area and a lot of other things. But this is just an example, a small example of uh, us leading an effort to bring community organizations together to tackle a cause. Uh, but we've done that in uh, a lot of different facets. That's just one. Mm, I like that. Where you, you see a problem, you find partners and solutions. Yep. And yeah, and then and it's culturally sensitive, so because you understand the the actual thing that you're having this um, having your event around, so that's amazing. Right, right. And then I'll give you a Corona example. Uh, so the Corona example is um, you have a, a ton of people who um, you know they they are they're number one they're they're scared they're nervous mm -hmm. um, they don't know you know how to maneuver through this. Uh, and their primary concern is safety and germs. Mm -hmm. So what we were able to do is to bring a uh, form a partnership with a company that's based in uh, the D.C. area uh, called Mr. BioClean. Uh, we partnered with them on a corporate level, and we're able to bring Mr. BioClean right to Baltimore, where we're cleaning up spaces that may have been affected by the coronavirus, and at the same time, going in and spraying spaces down uh, to ensure that if they are infected, that they're no longer infected based upon the chemicals uh, that we coat the uh, the buildings uh, uh, and the area with. That's, that's excellent. You know, the way that we move, we, we have the capacity to, you know, it's kind of like Voltron. We have the, the capacity to, to, form, to formulate what we need to form. So I know um, this is a collective effort that you're speaking of. Um, what are some of the ways that you're um, staying connected with the key people in the organization and in your network to um, address situations since you don't like this is Wednesday. So you would normally be meeting uh, yeah, on a night like tonight. At six so we do, we do a conference call at six o'clock on Wednesdays, um, you know, uh, with an agenda, uh, still working on, you know, our master plan as well as, uh, uh, you know, problem solving and making, making sure everybody's safe uh, one of the things that we talked about today was just, uh, um, you know, once you get past that 30 mark, 35 mark, uh, it's, it's easy to gain weight, hard to knock it off. 
And when you're um, in these spaces where you can't move, uh, your activity is limited, your routine has changed, what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to pile on weight. Um, and when we pile on weight, of course, that has a negative effect. We understand that there's a correlation between diabetes and weight. We know there's a, a correlation between high blood pressure and weight. So when we look at the COVID-19 uh, or the coronavirus, uh, we know that our community is, um, we're, we're losing our lives uh, at a faster rate than other people around the corner, I mean, around around the corner from us, uh, because you know, a lot of it is, is in the fact that we are not healthy, we're overweight. And the fact that our weight is out of control, it forces us into other uh, 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 conditions of our health. So as a, as a uh, community, as a group, you know, we're putting things in place, sending out information to make sure that people, you know, have an exercise program, make sure that they're walking, making sure that they're eating right, making sure that they're mentally healthy, making sure that we have small groups. Uh, we did a, um, a party, an online party with 150 people online just to make sure that, you know, people are having the opportunity to have the proper outlet. So we talk about mental, physical, and emotional health, um, making sure that, you know, we have an accountability partner. So we have accountability partners within the group to make sure that we are getting our mental exercise, make sure that we're reading, making sure that we are going about still pushing the business of community. So that's how we're kind of staying healthy from an organizational perspective. But I have two young kids. My wife is a uh, first responder. So my wife is normally gone 10 hours a day. She's gone now um, fighting uh, uh, this on the front lines. Uh, so I'm here with the children who are out of school, uh, cooking three meals a day, uh, doing schoolwork, planning activities, uh, training them, and everything that comes around that. We also built an organization that's called the International League of Families. So for the last five years, we created a model of how families can network themselves back to uh, uh, mental, emotional, emotional, uh, financial uh, health. Uh, so, you know, we continue to have our, we have a tradition that's called Sunday dinners. So for the last five years, every Sunday, we're at one another's houses. There are 13, of our, there are 13 families in the group. And with us being under the condition of social distancing, we have to do that virtually. So we are able to network the network the children. They have uh, their conversations and their meetings, and then we network the adults. So those are just some examples of some of the things that we do to stay mentally, emotionally, and uh, emotionally healthy. Really, that that's amazing. It's real creative to um, still be able to connect the children. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know because, and not to cut you off, Queen. Um, you know, financially, you know what we, we, we you know, if you go to the garage. Uh, let's say if there was a uh, a food shortage, well, the collective thirteen families have you know put their money together, and you know we have enough food to feed thirteen families for uh, for ninety, two hundred, two hundred twenty days at the garage right now. That's what's up. Uh, so you know we we just like to be uh, uh, forward thinking. We 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 pray for the best, uh, but we prepare for the worst. I love it. I mean, I'm gonna need some introduction to the the box. Gonna have to be one of them families. I mean, <laughs> so we have to be forward thinking. We have to think innovative because we're always waiting for someone else to save us. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't do that. You know, waiting for people to if the store is not open, we're gonna starve. 
So we got to find a way. If, if we if we're not farming, then we got to definitely have um, bring things together and support each other. And that's amazing what you guys are doing. Amazing. Yeah, and, and now, Queen, what we what we what we're planning to do is to extend what we were able to do uh, as thirteen families to the communities. Uh, so we have a plan where we we're going to be uh, dividing the city into nine segments uh, along the lines of the um, the police district. Not that we are. Our focus is on policing, but those <laughs> districts have already been created. And then yeah. we're bringing organizations together in those nine districts to act as think tanks to make sure and ensure, regardless of what happens, um, that there's a plan in place, a larger community plan in place. And some of those things that we're doing on an individual family level will be reflected in what we are strategizing and helping the community uh, to do. Mm. So look. One sidebar question I have to ask. How'd you come up with 13 families? It sounds so Italiano. What is 13 families? It's just, uh, so, every, so, so, every, so the way that this works is that we built a model. Okay. So the model is, uh, for example, um, coming, coming out of the communities that we come out of, we can't take for granted, we can no longer take for granted that our actual families that we actually sprung from are healthy families. Mm -hmm. Right. So if there is a survivor, we look at it in the same manner that Noah had the ark. So mm -hmm. how do we, number one, what is the what is the qualifications um, that gives people an entryway to our, our inner circle? So we have a screening process. Um, wow. Once you get in the circle, um, you know, you need to have a baseline of consciousness, a baseline of information. So we have a training module that families go through for 12 months so that everybody has a baseline understanding of how we conduct family. Um, if there is a problem uh, within the network, how do you resolve it without destroying the network? So we've created, you know, internal measures where we are able to um, manage uh, affairs uh, or manage uh, difficult affairs. If there's business that needs to happen, how do we come together and be collective in our business affairs? So we're governed by, by a constitution that we created. Uh, there's a creed, there's a code, there is a methodology of how we deal with one another's children. So every imaginable thing that, 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 that a culture uh, that had a 5,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 year history takes for granted we know that as a community, we can't take those things for granted. And if we are to heal from the space uh, that we found ourselves in after, um, uh, you know, the Middle Passage, after the sojourn uh, that we've had here in America, uh, we know that we're going to have to uh, carve culture uh, out of what we have. And we know that, um, you know, we're a multifaceted group. So we know that it needs to reflect uh, the different perspectives of, of, of what is a family. We know that it needs to um, reflect uh, uh, the different aspects of how people worship God. Um, we know it needs to uh, reflect uh, the multitude of, uh, of, of, of our approach to consciousness. So we were able to put together a universal formula uh, create these things into in, in the form of a manual that we now can train other families to do what we've already mastered. Wow. <laughs> love it. We're working on that. 
Yeah. Oh, you working over there, bro. I got to listen. We got to sit down and, you know, it got to be six feet, but I need, we got to sit in the same space. Hey, no doubt. Look, man, we, we, I'll give you five. I'll give you five and a half. I only need six feet. I, come on, I'll give five and a half. And a half. Real talk with that mask game. <laughs> the mask game is real heavy over here. <laughs> real heavy over here, bro. Real heavy. Listen, let me ask you, um, like, because you're so conscious. We're, we're very clear. And, and and I'm clear. So what is your headspace, though? Because consciousness is a place you want to be. But reality is we're in a, in a very significant time in history. How how are you unpacking this where we are? Again, it's two, it's two sides of a coin. So you have the side where, you know, everything is scrambled, right? Uh-huh. So when everything, when, when all the signals are scrambled, nobody is getting clear messaging, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, when all of the signals are scrambled, you now have to become dependent upon a different level of messaging. So you have to go into the inner space and you have to begin to receive messages that, you know, that the fact that you were busy for the last whatever amount of years um, didn't allow you to tap into. Mm. So um, I'm in that space, you know, you know, my life is a meditation, you know, so I've I've always studied time. I've been studying infectious diseases. And as a matter of fact, my wife said to me this morning, she says, who in their right mind gets up 530 in the morning to study the coronavirus? Well, I do because I like to be informed and I like to be informed so that I can be prepared. So you be, you're, you're prepared for the physical. All right. But most importantly, you have to be a step ahead of preparing for the world not this coming, but the world that you're going to call into existence. So from my standpoint, I operate from a space of power. I'm less concerned about the world that they're trying to hand me and more concerned about the world that I'm trying to create. Brother D. Chase, listen, I don't know if our mics are ready for all of that, D. You bringing it. Wow. Okay. Okay. So listen, we're at the, um, I hate to even end this interview, real talk. We could do this for a minute. But uh, this is the Rona Report. And listen, you got to come in studio. When, when, we, when we go back in, you got to sit, sit on the other side. We got to have that hour-long build session. You know what I mean? All day. All day. <laughs> but right now, we're in the Rona Report, so we're going stick, to stick there. And we're at the last will and testament where you leave something with the people, inspiration, talent, whatever you got. Leave a jewel. Give it to the people. People paint pictures on faces instead of canvases. Architecting, engineering, a perfect cradle of smirk. Hoping that there's just enough ammunition to win friends and influence people all over the planet to see me take ourselves for granted. So when Sarah smiles, she bats her eyes and she struts her stuffed breasts of silicon, a short sign of a mind going, 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 gone to the next highest bidder, a heroin dipper, a cocaine sniffer, a lily white son of a doctor. And although his daddy got $150 million, he still needs an upper to take him up, up, up and away from the reality to stating that his insecurities have been beating him down. So he needs a downer for the time he can't sleep because his inferiority complex makes him feel weak in the face of adversity. So he avoids opposition at any cost, even if it means that on the daily, his masculinity has to get lost as a measure to maneuver through life's daily confusions. And sad to say, I know women, beautiful, intellectual, yet using the size and shapes of their asses to attract the masses of men who just play games with them. Games of Monopoly they play, 
They say who could move through the community without eventually landing on somebody's property, having to pay rent by exposing their psychology, sociological patterns, luggage, and bad habits. In fact, everybody wants to be a star, so we deny who we are. In the vain attempt to free ourselves, we become something else. So he said, she said, and she said he was. Big, fat, overweight, and unhappy. So he was incapable of capturing glimpses of his wonderment because he believes his stomach hides the instrument that gives him value and it's awful. Because I know 98-pound white women dieting, they're dying because they figured that their figures don't fit the cosmopolitan model. And their parents thinking that their baby's girl's world is going to end tomorrow. If she can't borrow, she can't borrow some means, some methods, some plan, a way of just losing weight because she believes in order to be a television hero, one must be a size zero tolerance for nonsense. So when his ego went jumping out the window, better bet it took her only life on the TV tube, the six o'clock news, like Seinfeld, we watched the last episode of her life sent to an early death of a, rack of a lack of ability to recognize that maybe she should have left him a long time ago, maybe after her first trip or even her fifth trip to the hospital. And I guess that's the way love goes. And surely she must have saw that bull on the stories. Too fat, too skinny, too small, too tall, too small, too tall. So I would look a whole lot better if I developed my muscles exploding with steroids. Appeal at night, a shot during the day, anything to hide the void he feels since his childhood thrills was thrown away. Emasculated as he played around with the older kids on the playground. So childhood pains don't go away. They just come back another day. So that's how I am. That's how I'm feeling. I'm living with that jewel. That's called Sense Securities. That was on my first album. It's called what? Sense Securities. 20 years ago, I dropped that album. When I tell you, brother, 20 years ago. you spoke the word from a conscious black man. Amazing. You're unbalanced. You know what I mean? You know, consciousness is... Most people misunderstand consciousness with being uh, uh, perfect. Like, I don't misconstrue that. You know, consciousness for me is about being present. It's about being aware. Your inner space and your outer space. It's about being responsible for your inner space and outer space. It's about coaching other people into responsibility in the inner and outer space. And at the same time, having a good damn time. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't overwhelm you. It doesn't feel like weight. So the consciousness that we're trying to uh, help to manifest on the planet is where everybody has the opportunity to work in their divine gifts. So as I feel as though that I was called for a thing, I believe if people had the, had the methodology or the way that they could find genius in the thing that they were called into existence for also. And then we create, a, we create an economy based upon what we've been called into in existence for rather than what people have been called into existence to get us to do. Mm. D. Chase, we appreciate you. Queen, I appreciate you. Awesome. What's up, baby? You good? Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, we're absolutely good. I want to say also thank you so much for I was just listening and absorbing all the things that you have um, been doing in the community all the ways that you've been bringing people together and installing a culture in a space that is de desperately needing it. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you spending some time with us and being patient through the challenges of making this happen. I know, you know, it's like that sometimes, but I'm glad that you hung in there and we figured it out. Yes, sir. Oh man. Thank you, bro. You, it was more you hanging in there with me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Um, if you're listening right now, if you're listening to this conversation and you enjoyed what you heard, then you can visit blackboxradio.com to hear all the voices that we've done in the Verona, uh, the Corona report or the Verona report. I've been trying to make it official all day, but it's the Rona report. 
as well as all the interviews that we've done going all the way back to 9-19-19. And you can find that at B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O. You can also find Black Box Radio on Facebook and Instagram at Black Box Radio. Find us on Twitter at Box Black. That's B-O-X-X-B-L-A-K. And if you are hearing that, this conversation, that means you have found us and not everyone is able to find us. So please share this interview with people in your network. Send it out to people in email. Put it on your social media. Help us spread the word about the Rona Report so that the community can hear this powerful information. Yeah, we got to get the Rona Report out there. Real talk, because, you know, these platforms, when it comes to this virus, they're being very, I guess, uh, I don't know. They guard, they're guarding the content. So they don't want to put anything out there. So it's like we're being suppressed. It's like our content is not going out. So we need the family to put it out there. Everybody, share the Rona Report. We definitely need it shared. So the, this is the Rona Report. It's 4 20. We had that conscious black man. I don't know if y'all ready. D Chase. D Chase, we appreciate you, bro. Real talk. Appreciate you too, Queen. This is Black Blocks Radio. We out. Peace.